All right. This is a fun one. So um, we're reading A Plea to My Sisters. Uh, it's on page 792 in, in my compilation, or um, it's also from the October 2015 General Conference, if you want to look that up online. But <clears throat> anyway, it, it's such a good one. Um, uh, and like I said, it's, it's very much a companion talk with the price of priesthood power. So we get the first part of the story here in Plea to My Sisters. And then the second part to the the Hadfield story uh, with the, the heart operations and uh, the rest of it is is in the next talk. And so, um, yeah, let's let's just dive in. This is uh, such a fun one. So, what stood out to you guys like this time going through it versus um, when when you heard it back in in October 2015? Um, was there anything that was like, oh, I understand this on a much deeper level, or there's new insights and, and things that, that stood out to you? I'm just going to kind of open it up there first. Um, and then if not, we'll go through kind of verse by verse here. For me, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All of my attention was drawn to the very end of the talk, verse 25, pretty much 25, was uh, catch any of that the first round at all. Not the way that I'm, I'm seeing it now. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, learning what a... Uh, a faithful uh, mother and, and, and woman can, can do the, the amount of impact that that can have. Huh? Yeah, in, um, in the Children of the Covenant, his talk in 95, I read that. I didn't read all of the talks that he referenced. Um, I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, um, he talks about do you want to jump into this now or do you want to go from the beginning? Oh, no, we might as well just do it now. <laughs> okay. Um, he, let's see. So it's, we just started 25. Attacks against the church, its doctrine, and our way of life are going to increase because of this. We need women who have a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of Christ and who will, boy, I need more light in here. Um, I highlighted it and underlined it and I can't read that word. <laughs> who will use, <laughs> use that what understanding? Who will what? Use. The what? Use, okay. That was lost on me. Okay, use that understanding to teach and help raise a sin-resistant generation. Um, so can I stop at that part right there? Um, in the other talk, Children of the Covenant, he talked about, um, he said the same thing about sin resistance. And he said, rewards for obedience to the commandments are almost beyond mortal comprehension. Here, children of the covenant become a, a strain of sin-resistant souls. And um, 
Now that's quite a quite a jump from sin resistant souls to sin resistant generation. And that's 20 years between those two. And I don't actually know. I've heard so many different um, references to what a generation is. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, I had to put off my, my guilt mom to, to read this effectively. And um, I was somewhat successful in raising sin resistant children and somewhat not and um, uh, I don't know how you raise a sin resistant generation honestly um, I'm curious about that and I've been pondering on that and I don't have any answers um, I, I can't say that I feel like this generation that either my grandchildren are in or my children are in are experiencing that um, but I nonetheless believe that it can be so. I mean, we, we can have amazing things happen. And uh, especially as we as women embrace what he's talking about and we can, things can change even if we didn't do this from the beginning, it can, it can still happen. And yeah, I think that that's like such a, a crucial thing because I, I don't know, from my perspective, it seems there are quite a few women who are looking back going, oh no, I, I didn't do this or this or this right. And mm -hmm. you know, you can't turn back. Yet, um, as we make and keep sacred covenants, that um, that can be remedied, you know, through the atonement and through time and uh, additional covenants and, and things. Uh, that we can um, go back and, and right the wrongs or, you know, do things in, in better ways, um, regardless of, of what we have done in the past. You know, we might not have inoculated our, our children properly, but yet um, uh, now we can, can go back and, and help them uh, with whatever they are, are struggling with. Interesting that you use that word on purpose, inoculate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that other, another part is the next, the next part, we need women who know how to access the power that God makes available to, I'm going to turn on light and says I'm done reading this, to covenant keepers and who express their beliefs with confidence and charity. We need women who have the courage and vision of Mother Eve. Um, oh, wait a minute. I skipped. Pretend I didn't do that one. I want to go to the, the, the sentence, the paragraph, not paragraph, but the, after it talks about generation, it says we need women who can detect deception. This was the one that really was a, a, a zinger in a good way for me. We need women who can detect deception in all its forms. Um, I don't know how much to say or not say, and I'm praying. Um, so 
somebody taught me about praying in the morning for the gift of prophecy. And I was talking to, I don't know if anybody here really knows Becky besides, well, a few people, um, my daughter-in-law, and she was saying, oh, I, I prayed, I've been doing that and I've been calling it the gift of discernment to know what, um, what Satan's going to try to, to use on her or her children that day and, and mess with them. And it's been a, a huge blessing in her life to be able to um, have that discernment and um, detect deception. And I think that's what, what that is, or one of the things that that is. And so what a wonderful thing we can endow our children with, selves with, and what if, what if I had done that, raising my children? That would have been so great. But I had no, and I didn't do it. But um, I just think that's magnificent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, how many times in here does he say, we need women who know this and this and who can do this and uh, et cetera. And uh, I think it's, it's just kind of like an extended list of spiritual gifts, right? We have those in scriptures, um, but here President Nelson is uh, saying, you know, I, like in verse 17, today, let me add to, to that list that previous prophets have given and, and stuff. Um, we have uh, a lot of spiritual gifts available to us in uh, these latter days, and we need women to... Uh, realize that they are being freely given and that we can uh, qualify ourselves for those it's been a a fun study kind of i went through the the whole talk and, and highlighted all of the spiritual gifts all of the abilities or or things that can be gained um and and be used because sometimes we just kind of chalk it up to some of the the more basic forms and uh, not some of these more complex or, or more descriptive uh, spiritual gifts here but yeah like the gift of prophecy knowing how to um accept that gift use it and pass it on uh, uh having our the equally, next it's equally to men too isn't just women yeah i'll keep saying women but i'm not lumping myself in there <laughs> you have those gifts highlighted could you just read those off and we can highlight them as you go through I did a lot of highlighting, but I'm, I'm going to do it in a different color if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I I did them in the same highlight color as the rest of the whole chapter and stuff. So to pull them out, um, that would be a big deal. Yeah, because I'm not like readily, you know, I know that I was doing it as I was uh, pulling it out, but I didn't have like any of my colors with me at the time. Oh, so gotcha. Just in my pen. <laughs> But yeah, like verse um, 23, verse um, 25 and 26. What did you get? It was 23, as we know that the culminating act of all creation was, a cre is that the one you're talking about? Is that 23? No, that one's 24. So the one right before that, my dear sisters, whatever you're calling, mm -hmm. that one, uh, attacks against the church, uh, my dear sisters, so those three verses there. Um, Are you talking like special intuition on 23? 
Is that what you mean by gift? 23. Uh -huh. So impressions, insights, inspiration, uh, each of those being spiritual gifts. Um, the gift of speaking as a contributing partner, um, distinctive capabilities and special intuition. Yeah. Because it, it says that you have received as gifts from God, um, all of those things. And then, uh, you know, if we're just kind of going through those verses right there, um, the gift in verse 25 of a bedrock understanding of the doctrine of Christ. And then the gift to use that understanding to teach and resist resistant generation. The gift of detecting deception in all its forms. The gift of accessing the power that God makes available to covenant keepers. The gift of expressing their beliefs with confidence and charity. A gift of courage and vision. And then uh, verse 26. Uh, the gift of uh, living righteous lives. Um, the gift of uh, standing out. And the gift of standing out is, is pretty complex there. Uh, I, I think that that whole rest of that verse is interesting. Uh, increased standing stand out in a deteriorating world and who will thus be seen as different and distinct in the happiest of ways. I, I think that that's an interesting gift to uh, strive for and uh, magnify. But yeah, that's just three of the verses. There's there's quite a few more here in uh, different oh, Mother Eve, what stands out to you on that? Be the courage and vision of our Mother Eve. Is there more than just the obvious? Um, I mean, I think that there, there's a lot to the obvious and then, you know, different nuances to that as well. Um, so as we look at verse 27, just two paragraphs down from there, um, where he says, today I plead with my sisters uh, to take your rightful and, or let's see, I skipped the most important part. <laughs> anyway, I plead with my sisters of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to step forward. So often when um, we're talking to the men, uh, especially in the temple, it's all about awaking and arising, right? Versus the sisters, we're not telling them to awaken and arise. They are to step forward because they've already awakened and arose. They're, they're created from the rib, right? And so that there is this stepping forward that needs to happen. We both assume our responsibilities or, or whatever in different ways, male and female. And so um, the courage and vision that Mother Eve had in the actual stepping forward. And that stepping forward, uh, you know, comes from, from that obvious, right? Where um, she realizes the need and converses uh, with, with heaven is there no other way? Because I know what I'm supposed to do. I know the commandments, everything's here. And then that courage to actually partake because she knows of the, the basic consequences. I don't know the full extent of, of you know, the actual story, but like um, she knows the consequences that 
if we'll partake of the fruit, then this is going to happen. So the courage to do that and, um, you know, <laughs> courage of, of childbirth and, and knowing how that, that process happens and everything and the vision that that has, you know, she, she knows what needs to happen and um, knows that there is going to be pain and, and all of that with childbirth, yet the vision is still more compelling than the pain that she's going to have to go through to, to get there. And so that courage and vision of that. Um, he talks uh, more in uh, Lessons from Eve back in whatever chapter that was, chapter 24. Um, but yeah, that's a, a huge talk as well. The Lessons uh, from Eve. It's one of his first apostolic talks that we're going to be studying in group C. Um, but yeah, I think it comes from like the obvious, but then, you know, kind of expounding upon it. Wow. A couple of things from that that popped out is um, that courage through the tri tribulations. You know that we have to go through the tribulations, but we know what's on the other side. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I didn't, um, I didn't realize, or I haven't grasped when she says, is there no other way that that was a plea or a prayer? How did you pick that up? Where did you get? That's really cool. Because that really makes sense that way. Um, I don't know. Just from uh, watching the temple films and, you know, the different actresses that, that play Eve, how um, in, in the four, A, B, C, and D, there, there's only one that doesn't look up to heaven as she's asking that question. But the, the other three, they're, they're not looking to Satan who's giving them all the reasons and, and uh, offering them the fruit. But, but they're consulting with heaven. And is there no other way? Because like, I know that I'm going to multiply and replenish children and stuff. And, and is there no other way to do this? Okay, then, then I got it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it full on. Oh, well, that's so cool. Thank you. I'll have to watch for that. Somehow I missed that. Yeah, and they've, they've preserved it, even uh, though they've, they've taken out the, you know, made it into emotion, uh, the, the stills. The uh, mm -hmm. versus the actual movie uh, but moving picture uh, i should say um but anyway they preserved all that all three of them are, are still looking up to to heaven well thank you so cameron mm -hmm. is there no other way <laughs> <laughs> whoa that's a deep question i mean really yeah there is no other way not on uh, this planet with this plan of salvation. Uh, I do not believe that there is any other way, but I can't speak for other worlds and uh, different plans. I don't know. That's my opinion anyway. I, I could be wrong. I'm just sitting here studying along with y'all. <laughs> oh, are, fun. Are you up in your cabin? <laughs> yeah. Up in Island yeah. Park? awesome yes yes we are it's raining and freezing <laughs> so <fun. laughs> it's a good idea of a camp out <laughs> yeah. um let's see in the chat uh sorry that you missed it what was the question um the so janet asked so is there no other way is that what you're referring to that's the question that you yes mm-hmm about yes. what was it about <laughs> sorry 
Uh-huh, yeah, so just like Eve, when Eve is asking in the garden, is there any other way than by partaking of the fruit? And so Janet's asking, is that the only way? Was that the only way that, oh, okay. that could happen kind of thing? Okay, um, thank you. Yeah, I, I believe so um, with with this plan and stuff, because I think that that was all orchestrated and, and planned out, um, you know, in our, our pre-mortal council. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to get into all <laughs> different worlds and, and things, but, you know, different worlds could have it uh, play out in, in different ways. Yet, Satan does say, you know, what is, he was doing was what has been done on other planets. So, you know, I don't know. That, that's a very good question. <laughs> Yeah, it. Uh, they had to have their agency because that's a law that mm -hmm. can't be taken away. And but it needed to play out so that there was a fall, so that Christ could be the savior to atone for this fall. And so it was planned, and uh, they were for ordained to do this. We don't know how long it took them to really get to that where they could be strong enough to do that. But yeah, it, it there was no other way for that to play out. And it's interesting looking at Eve, I firmly believe that she knew the entire scope of the, the pain and the, mm -hmm. the toil that mortal pregnancy would bring forth um, before her descent and so uh to look at that and go <laughs> is there any other way because uh, that's pretty rough you know and um the the courage that, that that had the vision that that she needed to to be the the first to to bring forth uh those blessed lives here into mortality and stuff i think that took some of the the most courage that I, we can even fathom <laughs> you know being the the lone people on on the world and and doing that yeah she didn't have any idea she didn't have a midwife or a helper or a mother or a grandmother or anybody to help her explain what's going on you know she is the first she was a trailblazer <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be interesting to see you know uh many times we've talked in these past couple of weeks about like Gethsemane and um, how Christ was ministered to uh, in Gethsemane and and the role of ministering angels. I, I would be so intrigued to to know the role of ministering angels with Eve. Um, it seems like there in the garden she was uh, making that decision uh, by herself and with deity directly. Uh, yet um, I don't necessarily think that that she would be alone in the actual. Uh, childbirth she probably had lots of ministering angels and <laughs> but you know not knowing if you're going to have those or not you know kind of mm -hmm. stepping into the unknown might be uh, I don't know I, I just really want to watch the whole film <laughs> and, and see how that happened <laughs> that'd be awesome um one verse that's, that's popping out to me here is, is verse 22. Uh, it says, sisters, do you realize the breadth and scope of your influence when you speak those things that come to your heart and mind as directed by the Spirit? I mean, he just got done telling one of the most 
heart-wrenching stories of him as, as a man, right? And uh, when he uh, talks about that in verse 19, I mean, I was sitting there reading it with my mom and my mom's just bawling. <laughs> but, you know, again, at their request, I performed an operation. This child also died. This third heartbreaking loss in one family literally undid me. And yet, as he throws himself on his living room floor and cries all night long, Downsell was patient. But yet, when when truth needed to be spoken, when you know he needs to to get back up on his seat, are are you finished crying? I, you know, I didn't really know too much about Downsell. I was more in in the Wendy category as far as my age goes, and so um, I, I I don't have like a frame of reference for Downsell's voice as she's saying this, but I can only imagine, <laughs> you know, her inflection and, and stuff, you know, very patient and loving, yet, yet firm. Are you, are you done crying? Are you finished crying? Um, and then the advice that comes to, to her mind and heart at that time is so powerful. Then get dressed, go back to the lab, go to work. You need to learn more. If you quit now, Others will have to painfully learn what you already know. And I think that that is probably one of my favorite lines of all general conference talks. And, and it comes from Dansel, who I didn't even really know. But if you quit now, others will have to painfully learn what you already know. Oh, man, that hits me like a ton of bricks. And look at the, the ramifications of that specifically in President Nelson's life there in verse 21. I would not have pursued open heart surgery and would not have prepared to do the operation in 1972 that saved the life of President Spencer W. Kimball. I mean, man, that that gets me every time. That <laughs> we, we can choose, because we're going to be thrust into decent phases, right? We know that from Isaiah, from all the prophets, everything, that there are decent phases. You're going to have things that literally undo you. Yet, if we don't succumb to that, we can magnify ourselves in so many great ways with, with the Lord's help here to perform life-saving operations in, in our own future and things. I, oh, man, that, that gets me choked up just, just thinking about that. Uh, the ramifications for President Nelson, but also just for my own life, like, if we just don't shrink, if we just keep pressing forward and having full faith in, in Christ that he knows what we can become, it just speaks volumes. And then in the price for priesthood power, he, ex, uh, or no, 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 it's the footnote. Sorry, I, I was jumping over to a different talk. Uh, footnote I, I think is, is highly crucial to this story. It's interesting to note that President Nelson is writing his footnotes, referencing a biographer about himself. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting uh, thing there. But he says, note, in 1964, President Kimball set me apart as a stake president and blessed me that the mortality rates would decline in my pioneering efforts with operations on the aortic valve. Little did either of us then know that eight years later, I would be doing an operation on President Kimball that included replacement of an incompetent aortic valve. So powerful. 
So Danzel saved President Kimball's life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, uh, that, that exact fact there is, is so crucial. We're all in the process of saving lives and preparing the, the world for the, the Lord's second coming, right? But some of us tend to, uh, to place that directly upon the person who's uh, performing the ordinance or who's doing the operation. But no, there are so many hands at work here. And, and this was Dancel's doing, you know, that, that she um, counseled with her husband you know, because she asked the question, she's not um, just telling him, like, as, you know, kind of <laughs> breaking the, the whip out and saying, get back to work. But she's not, she's, she's counseling with him lovingly. Are you finished crying? Yes or no? Because if you're not, then, then I'll let you keep <laughs> doing this for a second. But if you are finished crying, then here's what you need to do. Because I haven't went through this uh, exact same thing with you. I have a different foresight and you need to get back to work because you've got a profit to, to save and a profit to become. It's huge. The, the role of Dancel in President Nelson's life. I mean, you know, I, I love President Nelson and um, can't uh, talk enough about him, but uh, Dancel, it, it has to be studied together. Their life is, is so crucial to, to our understanding and our patterning after. That's so interesting to read that um, one of his biographies, it talks about how much she sacrificed even buying a lamp for their apartment. <laughs> right? yeah. Can we buy a lamp and help? Look how far that was because he then later performed surgery on the opera singer, the Chinese opera singer, and that whole chain of events, that's huge. Yeah. You know, um, the intertwinings here between President Nelson and um, President Kimball are very pronounced in this, this talk, but not just this talk, but here we go from President Kimball is the one that he's uh, quoting that did the prophecy about the women there in verse 12. He's already got a real love for President uh, Kimball because of this blessing that he gave him earlier. He also, uh, President Kimball's the one that asked that they learn to speak uh, Mandarin and he followed up on that. He's got a, a real love for President Kimball. And then there with, so he brings that up in number 12. And then you were talking about all the gifts and things. There's a whole lot of gifts in 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Uh, uh, just a slug. I've got them all underlined and it's just about the whole, all of those verses. And so he prefaces his talk there with that part about President Kimball's prophecy for women. And then he goes into his, about this little story. And then it ends up blessing President Kimball. It's kind of a back and forth all their life, you know, between the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. Yeah. You know, 
how we've learned in uh, other talks and stuff uh, about President Nelson's parents, you know, his his birth parents and, and things. Mm -hmm. um, I can't help but but think that that Spencer W. Kimball is, is much a, a father figure to President Nelson, you know, in, in a prophetic way, but also in a very fatherly way of mm -hmm. tough assignments and challenges and blessings and, and things, you know, like just that, that role of uh, a leader in that. But yeah, I love that. I love the book, the, I can't remember what it was called, the, the book the, about him, what was it called? Does anybody remember what it was called? Um, that Sherry Dew wrote his biography. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I can't remember. Did you guys read one. that? Have you yeah. read it? It was so good. I loved how he described, like they were poor. They had no money and how, like they sacrificed so much in the beginning of his his career. Like they just had, like somebody was saying just now, I heard somebody saying how they had to save money for a lamp. I don't know, I just loved that part of the book because it made me see just how like how human they were. Mm -hmm. Because you just see a successful surgeon and prophet now. You know, yeah. you don't see the beginning, the making of a, a man like that. But I also just loved, like, I loved that part about how she kept seeing their son. That uh, was it, Spencer. I think they named him Spencer, didn't they? They kept. She kept seeing him. Um, I kept saying, "We need to have another baby." Mm. And. Um, then President Nelson said, we just can't just keep having babies because of this little boy because he just kept having girls. And then the, and then Spencer came to him and he was like, you're right, we do need to have another child. We got to get this boy here. I loved that so much. Just um, that he talked about her personal revelation and then validated it. And I feel like it's given me courage to like, to tell my inspiration not be scared to like share it and I feel like both of them are just have giving us a lot of courage and I do love um like Darlene was saying all this 15 16 17 like all it's just amazing all of the um the things that we need to be we need women who are organized I just love all that it's just amazing mm -hmm. yeah um, another great talk that, that keeps coming to mind when I was reading, uh, verse 17 here, I was like, one of the most important footnotes that's, that's missing is, uh, Julie B. Beck's talk, women who know, I, I would definitely pair that as, as a side study to diverse 17, but you know, all of those there, I mean, that goes with good, better, best was the same conference too. Those totally stand out both of those. Yeah. yeah. And um, when there's another one about women, we need women that who did that one? Um, Does that sound familiar? Let me see if I can find it. I think it was referenced in one of the footnotes here. Maybe not, but I, yeah, it comes to mind whatever you're talking about there. Oh, yeah, in uh, footnote G, the Dallin H. Oaks 
uh, address the keys and authority of the priesthood. He talks about um, authority and that we need women to uh, to know that authority can be given to them. The canon is given to them. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but that was one that stood out to me. It came out with, is that the one that there was a whole list of all these things that, I think so. There was like a, um, a meme that went around about all the things that he had said in his talk. We need women that, that sounds a lot like that um, paragraph. We need women that who know how to access the power of God that makes available that paragraph right there. I think I numbered mine wrong. I have that number 24, but. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> women of the church, we need you. Is that? Well, which one's that one? Because that one's not one that I have. Women of the church, we need you. Who was that one by? Um, this is a blog staff. Let's see. Well, it looks like something that President Nelson said. Hmm. How come when you look up things on, <laughs> it doesn't have the dates. It drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, nope. side note, that uh, picture that was posted on social media this last week, I think, Sharon Eubank posted it, um, but all, like uh, that they brought together as many as they could or whatever that, that wanted to, all of the past General Relief Society presidencies together in a council this last week uh, to to counsel about the, the future of Relief Society and, and what needs to happen. And so anyway, it was, it was a powerful photo uh, to say the well, least. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I forget who the very first one is in it. Uh, let me find it. I'll get it really quick. Because it, it's a good one. Yeah, I don't hop on Facebook often, but <laughs> when I do, I have some of the, the best little things pop up. I just see good things too. It's really fun. Sometimes so many I can't even grasp. Mm -hmm. Okay, hopefully this doesn't break the, the internet here. Um, wow. But yeah, so um, this one comes from uh, President Elaine Jack down through President Camille Johnson. And you know, there are some missing, but uh, for the most part, they've got quite a few uh, different presidencies represented uh, all in this photo. And um, where does it say? Anyway, it must've been somewhere like in the actual article or whatever, but um, uh, that they all got together to counsel about the past and the future of the Relief Society and how uh, the, uh, the challenges that, that the women are going to be facing. Anyway, I was just looking at each one of them and how profound all of their talks have been. That I, I, I remember Julie B. Beck was kind of the first one uh, for, for me when I was you know cognizant and studying and, and stuff like that. And so I was looking from Julie B. Beck on down, 
some of the best talks of our generation have come from from those uh, past presidencies. I, I just love each and every one of them. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and not everyone will be wearing nylons. Oh my heck. <laughs> What happened to pantyhose, right? <laughs> yep. We need them in our food storage or in our storage. <laughs> um, I love in uh, verse 22. Um, so this one is talking about that uh, stake primary president uh, in this council. And I think that this is such a, a crucial point to the to the story because I don't know when we're we're counseling on any specific matter, right? And and in this setting, uh, the the state primary president was probably a little bit silent. She's like, you know, I don't. What's my opinion got to do with uh, everything that's being decided here? But at one point, the state president realized that the primary president had not spoken, so he asked if she had any impressions. Well, actually, I have, and she then proceeded to share a thought that changed the entire direction of the meeting, and I. I think how important that principle is where President Nelson is uh, highlighting that, that the role of, of righteous women in the future can change the entire direction of the meeting, of the, the course of our families, of uh, our church councils, of the preparations for the second coming. I mean, look at our, our ministering program. <sighs> Was it President Nelson or President Cook? I can't remember that specifically said that this was patterning after what the General Relief Society presidency had already received revelation on. And they had been working on it for a couple months or however long, I don't know. But um, but now we're, we're, they had received the revelation and it's changed the whole entire course of, of the church and of the world leading up to the second coming here. Um, but just being able to to speak up and be a contributing member of this this great partnership that we have in in the church, uh, we need men and women, uh, as the family proclamation says, to to bring about these um, miraculous times. You know, even though there's other women in the meeting, you know, there was a young women's. Uh, stake president and a Relief Society stake president there, but um, it's important for us all to to raise our voices uh, and um, counsel together in things. And it's interesting as um, the, the companion talk to this, uh, the price of priesthood power that's given in the next general conference, um, where he's talking to the men, but he's giving them the second half of the story. So, um, not that I'm, I'm totally trying to change gears and, and spring that on you, but um, I think that it's uh, very interesting to note uh, the, the role of women in that story as well. Um, so uh, this Ruth and Jimmy Hatfield, um, their first son, Jimmy Jr., died without a definitive diagnosis. And then President Nelson enters the picture um, when they sought help for the two daughters. And then um, both of those girls died and lingering resentment toward President Nelson, well, Brother Nelson and the church lasted for almost six decades. But then 
one night last May, I was awakened by those two little girls from the other side of the veil. Though I did not see or hear them with my physical senses, I felt their presence. Spiritually, I heard their pleadings. Their message was brief and clear. Brother Nelson, we are not sealed to anyone. Can you please help us? Uh, soon thereafter, I learned that their mother had passed away, but their father and younger brother were still alive. And so then he goes into the, the flip side of the story, uh, the price of priesthood power in order to actually seal by covenant this family that had been devastated for, for so long emotionally. And um, he talks about the, the healing of, of hearts here. And um, I don't know, I think that this is an interesting bookend because Danzel is so key into the first part of the story and the second part of the story is Wendy. It has this trade-off that, that is profound and amazing, I think. But um, anyway, there had to be hearts that were broken physically before spiritual hearts could be mended and sealed up for, for exaltation. And um, anyway, it, it's so powerful that in both cases, women are the catalyst for this, this mighty change to, to happen. We have roles and uh, uh, men do perform the, uh, the ordinances of the, the gospel, yet sometimes we kind of default in, in weird ways to that that's, that's it, you know, that, that women don't have a role in, in any of it, but yet they have every, um, every responsibility to, uh, to bring about these, these great miracles and, and healings that, that occur. I just love these two stories so much. <laughs> They're like some of my favorite talks. <clears throat> yeah. As, as we went through this, this first one, the plea to my sisters, I, I was crying all the way through it. And, uh, and a lot of the reason was because I was like, man, I, I don't know if I'm living up to all this because I, I know my children don't feel about me the way that I would like them to feel. And I thinking like, man, I, I, I feel like a failure in a lot of, you know, I'm, I know that Satan gets in there and tells you all these little things and stuff, but I was feeling a pretty powerful and, and, um, but, you know, our children have their agency and they have, they're going to, what I'm trying to say is I don't think that we realize the impact that we have on our children for good. And we might not even realize it for years to come. I think eventually, because we all love our children, we all, we're all trying to do the best that we can. I think that, um, it's all going to work out in the end. <laughs> we can't beat ourselves up for, for things, you know? 
that's not what he's trying to give this talk for that we're beating ourselves up because we're not living up to all these things he's just trying to inspire us to do better because we got a lot we we are destined for good things and anyway i just want to say that can i say something Hmm. Sorry, I turned off my camera. Um, a quote found me this week, and it's by Lorenzo Snow, and it comes from Collected Discourses by Brian Stuy. Anyway, um, it says, if you succeed in passing through these trials and afflictions, and receive a resurrection, you will, by the power of the priesthood, work and labor as the sons of God has until you get all your sons and daughters in the path of exaltation and glory. This is just as sure, uh, sure as that the sun rose this morning over yonder mountains. Therefore, mourn not because all your sons and daughters do not follow in the path that you have marked out to them or give heed to your counsels inasmuch as we succeed in securing eternal glory and stand as saviors and as kings and priests to our God, we will save our posterity. I have not heard that before. And that uh, gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, so Cameron, okay. what we've been studying with Isaiah is that we can be Davidic servants to our families, right? That we can, so doesn't that follow along with that? And I, I saw that quote, Leslie, and, and there was a lot of um, backlash for it, that it wasn't correct, blah, 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 whatever. Oh, man. <laughs> Truth is always going to be attacked, isn't it? <laughs> but isn't that what we've been learning, that we can, and then we have seen that example through prophets that have repented for their people and that were spared. Mm -hmm. how, how do you put that in words? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say as soon as Leslie stopped. I was like, that sounds like chapter six of Isaiah decoded to me. Uh, and it's it's at the core of what it means to be saviors on Mount Zion. Um, we have the, the pattern of Mount Zion in our own homes, and, and then that extends out. Um, but I, I think it's so interesting family dynamics, right? Because we all have different family struggles. There, there, I mean, there's always strife of some kind there's never like this perfect family that just sings praises all day long and <laughs> gets along right we have all of these unique um personalities and characteristics and uh struggles and trials to go through so that we can learn how that that specific principle that, that lorenzo talked about there uh, can be applied um if if no one ever lost any children to, to being wayward we would never have need to to rise up and and be um, saviors uh, on Mount Zion. You know, I mean, Christ is is obviously the savior, right? I mean, uh, he has performed an atonement on on that level that um, actually saves and uh, exalts his people. Yet he asks us to to willingly sacrifice for others on their behalf in order to um, to minister. And uh, yeah, Davidic covenants and uh, being uh, servants of all. And, and we learn that in our, our own homes with our own families, because I don't know of a, a single family that thinks, oh, I, I was a perfect parent. I taught them everything they needed to know. 
and kumbaya, right? And so I think that it's so powerful to, to learn that principle. We have the power to, to save our families um, in many different ways. And, you know, say what you want for universalism, because I think that that's probably what the crux of what people are backlashing on. I, I hadn't read the, the post or anything, but the fact <coughs> that we can willingly sacrifice on others' behalf is, is a huge true principle uh, that's really been taught through the words of Isaiah. And there's just no denying it to, at this point to me. It's like, it, it rings true, put it into practice and it, and it works. And uh, yeah. Can I ask you a question, Cameron, when you're done? Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, so uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so in this week, I've been practicing um, just connecting with God and finding out where, um, where it is that my children are hurting still and things that they don't believe. And a couple of them, I can't talk to them about what I've been, what the Lord has shown me. And so I have been allowed to, um, and I didn't, I didn't think this up, but to talk to them, I, I learned this years ago and I tried to do it and didn't have the faith to do it. And, and so I, it didn't work out, but to, um, there's more than one way to see things and to look at things. And, um, years ago when my husband was so far off track, he, um, tried to commit suicide and, um, one of my children was talking to me about that this week and that was like uh, 20, 20 years ago or more I had completely forgotten about that whole thing it was just so resolved the Lord had just so resolved it in my mind and in my heart that it just it, it was a complete non-issue and the Lord let me know that as I am willing to take the time and effort and follow the spirit and, and talk to, gosh, this is going to sound weird, but talk to the spirits of my spirit can talk with their spirit. As I've been listening to this light, spiritual light book, you know, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And so listening to that and some things that you had said previously, um, I can see the beginnings of change just the slightest and some of it is what the lord's told me okay now do this and now do this and so i think even though it doesn't feel like a sacrifice i think it is it just doesn't feel like one because it's going to take a long time and i think this can um go for our ancestors as well and even maybe those that we don't know i know it's the crazy way out there but i still think it's truth mm -hmm. yeah if the spirit is is guiding you and you're fully confident in your gift of discernment sometimes you're going to be <laughs> led to um 
to to work in new ways that you have never thought of before and you're just like wow that that's interesting but but it works because the spirit's uh, teaching and, and guiding you that spirit to spirit communication is is real and effective but it's not yeah. something that <laughs> i had ever dreamed of before but but it works Not for sure. One thing that, that really stands out to me from, from this talk as well is the power of reflecting God's light. Um, yeah, what verse was it in? Well, verse 11. Um, so he says that uh, he's, he's quoting President Kimball's uh, prophecy here, right? And he prophesied that much of the major growth in the coming uh, that is coming to the church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world will be drawn to the church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in their lives and to the degree, etc. But that reflection, because in symbolism, men are the sun, women are the moon, always. Like uh, it's it's kind of like that men are from mars women are from Venus kind of thing that's the, the the world's twist on it but um the fact that in the marriage symbolism here that christ and his bride one is the the light shiner and one is the reflector and they're both needed like you can't have one without the other but that the the women of the church specifically but the church in in general are to be reflections of the light that, that is being given. And um, the fact that people will be compelled or drawn into uh, that uh, is directly uh, corollary to the degree of reflection. Um, and I think that that's important for us to, to, to reflect upon. <laughs> uh, how much do we reflect god and christ in what we are uh doing and experiencing some days i just want to be a hermit and lock myself up and, and sit in bed all day but at sometimes it's like no get up you need to reflect you need to to be the reflection of christ so that others can can live and grow uh, a light hid under a bushel you know kind of a principle um but anyway, I, I find that very profound. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness, um, which is a, a plague of our, our day, I guess. I also love how, like, um, in nine, how it talks about, I got here a little bit late, so if I'm repeating something, just tell me to be quiet. But um, in nine, it talks about, um, these stalwart women have shown strength and courage that covenant-keeping women always demonstrate. But then you look at the footnote and it says, in keeping the commandment to weep for those we love when they graduate from this life. I think we have the strength and the courage, but then also have the capacity to just love people and weep for other people that are hurting. And of course, when they die, but just also have that tender heart. Um, because strength and courage, sometimes you also get kind of brash and tough and, but to make a combination of all those takes a special woman, right? 
So to be to be straight and courage and have all these things, but then also to be able to weep and have empathy and like a full heart for people hurting, like that takes. It's a really delicate um, concert of you know all these different things that for one person to emulate, just kind of like how your mom was saying, it feels kind of overwhelming, and yet. Then in the other footnote um, on D, it says, you know, but we're given it this in this dispensation, we're given all these things because we need it. And other times they were taken away, but we can fill the world and merge with the second coming of the Lord. So we're giving those gifts to be all of those things. That's not really, that's a, quite a woman that can be all of those things, you know, because we're either tough or we're crying and can't control our emotions it's hard to be all of them but we're I think that we're given the gift to be able to be the, the capacity of all of that just because of where we're at and so like Darlene was saying we can count that the Lord's gonna manifest that and and help us step up to that even though like we all feel like crappy moms sometimes we all feel like this didn't turn out the way we thought but and our kids sometimes disappoint us for a minute and then we realize, oh yeah, this is what they have to go through. But he will deliver them and he will deliver us. I really, truly, like this talk to me just really makes me really feel more courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Wow, read that footnote. Number three, Genesis twenty-seven forty-six. That's just saying what we're saying. And Rebecca said unto Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heath. And if Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth or Heath, such as these, which are of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sounds exactly like him. Well, 20, what is 28? What is this? What does the rest of that say? 28, one through four. Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise and go to Hadaram and the house of Bethuel and the mother's, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence, the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God hath, which God gave unto Abraham. So he's bringing the covenant back into this, the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, looking at righteous women, I mean, we have Mother Eve and we have Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel. I mean, these are some powerful women that uh, are uh, worthy of study and emulation here. But yeah, the, the ones that you just uh, referenced there, go right along with what we we're talking about like sometimes we like i don't know what what good what what possibly could come with versus uh with with the lord all things are possible when we uh, rise up in that that privileges that can be ours so was mother evil loser i mean she had a son that killed her other son does that make her a loser no i mean can you imagine the heartbreak that <laughs> that would have uh, caused her i mean man. Oh my gosh. 
but yet, um, yeah, I, we all have to go through very difficult uh, things, and agency is, is always honored, right? Heavenly Mother, a third of her children didn't follow the Messiah. Does that make her a loser? No. Yeah, I, I really love uh, verse 12 there. President Kimball foresaw, or let's see, the day that President Kimball foresaw is today. You are the women he foresaw. Now that's an, a very interesting statement coming from an apostle at the time about a previous prophet who prophesied and now is saying that that prophet's prophecy is right now. It's being fulfilled, you know, and then later he becomes prophet and elaborates on all of that. And saved his life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's very interesting. I, I love that connection there. Well, we have to read these. You have to finish that paragraph. Your virtue. Go ahead. Yeah, your virtue, light, love, knowledge, courage, character, faith, and righteous lives will draw good women of the world along with their families to the church in unprecedented numbers. And then the footnote on that is, is interesting. When I was born, there were fewer than 600 members of the church. Today, there are more than 15 million. That number will continue to increase. I, it has. Pretty good job. That's exciting. That just gives me chills thinking about that part. Wow. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know, being a missionary back in 2008, uh, we, I definitely see that in action. You know, I was I was teaching and it was always the, the women. <laughs> you kind of rarely focused on the men unless they were eager and, and seeking you out because they were always giving you grief. It, it was the women who wanted to know. And the reason that they wanted to was because they knew another woman in the church that had joy that they wanted to experience. It, almost in every case, it, it was a, in direct correlation to a reflection that they had seen uh, of the Savior's love or joy or or family life in, in some way. But Remind it, me where your mission was again? In Mexico. Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there, there's an occasional <laughs> guy that turns his life around and, and wants to, to be baptized, but uh, it's always uh, women and, and, and their children uh, seeking those blessings. I am just astounded at how much we pull out of this after I've gone through and highlighted and studied this and then we go back I'm like oh my gosh this is like a whole new talk yeah. right yeah because yeah. we went through it or whatever but I've gained so much uh, from from listening oh my gosh I so appreciate all of you and your studies and your words and your inspiration and thank you so much yeah yeah heck. like this is a whole I went over this a couple times and I have I have highlights and I've done the footnotes and I've done all this stuff and then I still have more footnotes now tonight more <laughs> and more connections and more talks to read and a book to read. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. Oh my goodness, that book will change your perspective on everything. Holy so cow. So should I buy it or listen to it? Which is better? Well, the thing is they did a first print run of it and it sold out and I cannot get my hands on a physical copy of the book to save the life of me. Like 
I, I've pre-ordered, I finally broke down and pre-ordered it from Deseret Book and they said it'll be a couple months, maybe. So um, the bookshelf has it for audio and I listened to it like three times this last week. And um, I'm tempted to just pull the plug and, and buy the Kindle version of it and start highlighting because there's so many good principles in there. Um, it goes along with Isaiah Decoded, with President Nelson, with Four Ordinations. Like it, it wraps everything up into one nice package for me. I, oh man, he talks about light and communication. Ham radio? Okay, <laughs> this was the one that- Yeah, no kidding, it's guard. just like, it takes everything and puts it together, right? Yeah, I was like, okay, because the Lord's been telling me to, to buy ham radio and get learning about it and stuff like that, but I'm not very far along. Like I'm what in like chapter two and three with it. And it's talking about frequencies and communications and all this kind of stuff. And then I listened to the, the spiritual physics of light and I'm like, Oh, I, I get now why the Lord needed me to jump on the ham radio so quickly because it was all coming full circle. You know, when, when truth comes at you from like five different directions. Physical all evidence. <laughs> it's a physical evidence that it works, right? Yeah. The exactly. ham radio is like, oh, the vibration thing. It all makes sense when you can put yeah. it to spiritual to physical, just like he did. Uh -huh. In that, right? Isn't that like it all clicked? Yeah. Because I've always heard fun. vibrations, vibrations, and I knew it was true. But then when you read it, it's like, oh, this yeah. is what it is. Like in, it was chapter one or chapter two when he's like, okay, I don't want you to get overwhelmed with my, all the physics talk behind this or whatever. And I was just like, my head was spinning. I was like, this is so over my head. But yet by the end of the book, I was like, yeah, I've got physics. I, I totally got this. I know what it's talking about. But um, the, the application of that, and when he's talking about, you know, Samuel the Lamanite, that case study, and he's like, okay, how did he deflect those arrows and stuff? And I was like, oh, I get it now. Force fields, energies, and, and things like that. Like light, light is everything to us. And it's both visual and audio light. And, and how that comes to us, like, oh man, it just, it rocked my world. <laughs> I don't know how that book is just coming out now. Like I could have used this how many years ago? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's an awesome one. That's exactly how I wrote when I wrote it. How long is that book? Um, nine chapters or something. Um, let me see how many minutes it is. Yeah, nine chapters, and each chapter is roughly like 45 minutes or so. Okay. On the um, four ordinations at chapter 17, um, I think I printed it out, but it has some weird stuff in it. Did you did you straighten that out? I redid it. I like I haven't redone any of the transcription of it, but I do have the actual scanned PDFs that you can print out of the the book. Um, so I, I pulled it into just a Google Translate thing, and it did like a poor job. But at least it's there so that you can like you know, do a, a find and search for words and, and stuff like that. But um, no, I haven't went through and uh, done any more on correcting that. I, I probably won't, but I do have those those PDFs there that are actually- So is the PDFs that. under chapter 17 then? Uh-huh, yeah, they're under each chapter. Every chapter has the, the scanned version of it. 
um, that you okay. can print out if you'd like. Okay. And then had you had you given any more thought to um, what's the word? We're being recorded. <laughs> so, have you uh, have another way to distribute it? Oh, I haven't. Um, I, like, if you want a copy or whatever, uh, let me know, and I'll I'll try to work through that this week. But um, yeah, they're they're still dragging their feet on uh, getting the the second edition published and stuff. It doesn't look like it's anytime soon. But, right. but yeah, I, I can get you prices. Like, you just know, in the future, just in the future when you have time, don't do it this week because uh, this other book I've got to figure out how I'm gonna get it listened to. <laughs> yeah. Cameron, uh -huh. can you notify us when you get, are they going to notify you from Deseret when it gets closer for that spiritual physics book? They said that they would um, email me as soon as it ships is, is all. It oh, is. as soon as it ships. But yeah, because I've been trying to get a hold all. of a copy and I just can't find one and I want to get, I want to yeah. get one too. So, so I seen somebody reading it um, at, at Barnes and Noble last week and I was like, where did you get that? <laughs> Where did you get it? And can I pay like 50 bucks and, and you, as soon as you're done with it, you can give it to me? <laughs> uh, I, I it's hard. So if you find book. any extra, I will buy one. If you find any, uh -huh. I'll buy one. Cause I've I looked every, -ordered them. yeah, you should pre-order a bunch and then we'll just pay you for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause I uh -huh. definitely want to copy when I saw it. I was like, even before you found it i found it and i was like i tried really hard to find a copy uh-huh well that's what intrigued me because you know i hoard books <laughs> and um anyway when you had mentioned it and that it was a hard to find uh -huh. I, I have an addiction when things are hard to find i have to find one to find them <laughs> and and i couldn't and it just drove me crazy all week long and so I, I listened to the audio and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> that was definitely from you <laughs> that I got that. Yeah, I don't have an account there and a way to get an account. So uh -huh. I'm just dependent on a physical book. So I'm hoping they'll reprint it. Yeah. So on I'm looking at the, the Deseret Book website and it doesn't have that little pre-order notification anymore. Oh. Uh, so I, it might be getting close to actually getting out. I, I pre oh, so they can should you be message me on Learning Zion uh -huh, yeah. on the WordPress one when you get if it looks like it comes back and they're going to ship it so that I can get yeah somehow get uh -huh. it <laughs> yeah because yeah super. that might be sounds... of a, an additional book club even though nobody has time <laughs> but <laughs> that's a great one it, it's so yeah I just thought it looked spec people. it looked spectacular what I saw of it and I was like okay kind of weaves everything from the scriptures to science and everything together yeah yeah i love a good science thing uh pulling it in because you know we know science is limited but looking at all of the stuff that we do know and then looking at how uh, god is is working within natural laws uh to to bring us these blessings and it, it's like once you know what to look for you realize it's been there all along and we just need to learn how to access it and he mm -hmm. talks a lot about that in, in the book, too, of like accessing the powers of heaven is, is largely due to, to light, learning how it works and, and how to, mm -hmm. to bring it about. And, you know, we have lots of different light therapies and medical advances, you know, with chiropractics to, uh, to energy work. There's lots of different aspects, but, but light is coming to the forefront and in a much greater way than it than it has in the past it's kind of fun to 
to look yeah, at. Yeah, I was trying to connect light and vibration and I never could does he talk about vibration oh, yeah. and light in there? Yep. Yeah, I never yeah. could I tried to look up the connection between light and vibration. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there has to there has to be a connection, but I just couldn't find one. And I figured I saw that book and I thought I he probably he probably discusses it. So <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah he, he definitely does. There, he spends quite a bit of time on it actually of um black bodies and uh the temperature and vibration and light and stuff and yeah it, it's it's a great one mm, awesome. good i was afraid to ask <laughs> <laughs> yep i don't know because i have so many books to read all the time but that one just came to the forefront <laughs> largely because as soon as you tell me something's rare or you can't find it or whatever then i have it's an incessant need that I have, but <laughs> I'm so glad that I, I put that one at the top of my list because it yeah. it was a game changer. I have more books than I'll ever be able to read in the life a lifetime. I just found two more that aren't LDS, but oh my gosh, they're just awesome. Yeah. One's called Detoxing Your Heart, which mm. is really, really good. And the other is I can never get the title right. Um, it's called, let's see if I can find it, that I really liked. Oh. It's got to lock me out here. I put a password on my, it's called Emotional Healthy Spirituality. And it connects spirituality and emotional um, resiliency together. He says, you can't have them separately. You have to have them together to be a good Christian. Uh And it's just, it's really interesting, especially since the church brought, brought out the emotional resiliency class and he relates the two together and how you need both and how a lot of people will have one or the other, but not both even within the church or without the church. Um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to look for that. And they're both available on the Z library, the eBooks. That's Uh I found them. I think I found them through Pinterest. I like certain things and I just get all these really awesome books that come through Pinterest. And then I check the Z library to see if they have them. Yeah. first I love so it. i think i have 300 <laughs> ebooks to read. Wait, it. Uh, all right well anything else before we close up for the night <laughs> sorry i keep going over so much I, I keep telling myself i need to get back to the the hour but <laughs> when there's so much good stuff to talk about well, Thank you. Um, so next week, we in group A are doing all of his interviews from the worldwide tours. So um, the, the one in Samoa, the one in um, Argentina, any of the art interviews that um, other people uh, did with, with President or Sister Nelson, uh, we're going to study those next week. They're all very similar. Um, but there's interesting when they start doing difference. Uh, they, they have lots of the same questions and he answers them much in the same way, but there's a few unique ones uh, here and there that are uh, very awesome to, to study. His birthday interview. Anyway, I'll send out an email listing all of the different ones with, with links and stuff, um, but that'll be group A for, for next time. And that's our last week on President Nelson. Um, wow. it, it's been such a fun ride. I'm so glad that Y'all convinced me to extend it out and study some of these great ones here. 
Um, so anyway, next week will be the last week on President Nelson. And then we're going to have. Um... Will you send that out soon so we have a chance to um, <laughs> read? I keep forgetting. I need a secretary, <laughs> what I need. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send that out tonight. Uh, Darlene. So I, can <laughs> I, I should clarify, I need a secretary that knows how to use computers. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so we'll have two weeks that are off, but they're not going to be like totally off, but uh, I'm still working on on the stuff there. You know, you guys have went through all my ups and downs on getting guest uh, authors and, and things to come in, but um, I'm trying to, to work on, on something with uh, Lance Richardson's family, but um, if it plays out, it plays out. If not, we will we'll, we'll figure out something to do uh, next week and uh, not next, uh, the 12th and uh, the 19th for Father's Day, we'll probably only have Group B. We'll have Group A and B merge in uh, at the 8 o'clock time just because Father's Day. I, or we could even cancel that one. I don't even know. But anyway, further information uh, coming on that. But next week will be our last week on, on President Nelson. And then we'll head into Lectures on Faith. Is everybody memorizing? How's that going? <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. I take, I've made old school flashcards with index cards and I take them with me when I walk and I just, I review the past ones and then work on the current one. So it's, uh -huh. it's, I'm sure my age is showing that it works. Not at all. I try to do it on my phone. I try to find good flashcard apps and all this kind of stuff. It never works. No, three by five cards are. <laughs> they still still a value. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see everyone Thank next you. week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks, Karen. Thank so awesome. Bye, you guys. Bye. -bye. Bye.